0: to driving another something hours today so for those of you following along with the tweet stream i have been tweeting each day as i've gotten to different places along the journey so today i forgot to take a photo actually i normally like i stop the car and then i take the little photo and it's like okay this is what we've done today in terms of like kilometers and things like that uh forgot to take it today so you just have to believe me can see my messages, my comments here, Rob, Rob's in the UK, it's 24C and rising, how are you surviving, Rob? Because in my experience, every time it gets warm, I'd say 24C is warm, <laughs> not hot, in the UK, or a leaf falls on a one of the tube railway tracks or something like that, everyone just loses their collective minds. Neil's in Sydney, <laughs> congrats on 300, yes, so this is 300, episode 300, believe it or not, so this is the 300th time I've done this video, which by rough reconciliation means about six years worth of doing these videos. Every single week, no matter where I've been, no matter how weird things have been, I've done this every single week for six years now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I, did, I did zap around Sydney yesterday, Neil. Um, in fact, if I go back, uh, no, you know, what? let's do the sponsor first. I did actually say in the description of this video We'll work it out as we go and this is pretty much how we're going today uh, It's a very very ad hoc one for all sorts of reasons. I'll explain in a moment Sponsor first that is one thing which is not ad hoc It is very very well planned It is collide one of my most prevalent sponsors now long-term sponsors a big thank you to collide Meet compliance objectives in a remote first world without resorting to rigid device management and Certainly, as someone who lived in the enterprise for a while, rigid device management really wasn't the favourite <laughs> for for anyone there. Try Collide for 14 days for free. So big thanks to them for uh, not just sponsoring my blog, but giving away stuff for people for free as well. Uh, and this does link through to endpoint security for teams that Slack, which of course is many, many teams. I have I have managed to find myself with yet another Slack account for the things that are coming in the coming week. I'm talk about that in a moment because I find that a little bit odd with, uh, with slack. But anyway, on the sponsor, big thanks to Clyde. Uh, awesome having them back on board for another week that has been. Purs in Denmark. G'day Denmark. It's probably probably a similar temperature to here. What is it here? Because all I've done is gotten out of the car and come upstairs. It's 14 Celsius in the Melbourne winter uh, and it is a quarter to five in the afternoon. So it's a little bit on the warmer end. So look, this, this is a very ad hoc weekly update. Uh, I do have a few little infosec-related things on my list on my iPad, which keeps turning off over here. Face is too far away. Face is close enough. I'm actually doing this with the, the setup that I think I last used uh, over Christmas when I was on Hamilton Island, and it's the the Rode mic that goes straight in the lightning jack at the bottom of the iPhone, and then they sent me the podcasting kit as well, which has got the light on it, which actually looks pretty good. Uh, and I've a little Joby tripod, but I did a little quick test record just before doing this to make sure everything still worked okay. Seemed pretty good. Some of you might remember I had some, uh, some dramas with the mic where it was running on a certain frequency and if you unplugged it and then plugged it back in again and danced around the right way, it would work. Firmware update seems to have solved all that. So the test I checked just before, audio actually sounded pretty good. Tell me if I'm wrong. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> So the travels, which I have been detailing in a tweet thread for those of you that are interested. Uh, And incidentally, part of the reason I put it in a tweet thread is because if this is not of interest to you, you can just mute the thread. You don't have to come and tell me that you're unhappy about it and I should be tweeting about Infosec thing or other stuff. I have a blog post about how I feel about people who do that. You can mute the thread or if you're interested, there's probably about two or three tweets a day at the moment about what I'm up to. So, day before yesterday, we drove from the Gold Coast to the Hunter Valley. Uh, that was, what was that, about an eight-hour drive. Pretty easy going. Uh, and uh, thank you, Neil, for confirming that the sound sounds okay. That's, that's reassuring to know. So that was about eight hours. Uh, averaged, I think, about 98k an hour because mostly just freeway and you put it on the cruise control, we've taken the E63 AMG, it's got the little radar on the front as well, so when you get closer to the car in front, it slows, it's just an easy, easy way to drive. So we did that the first day, I did ask for some podcast suggestions, I think while we stopped at Coffs Harbour on the way down. And I got a lot of replies from people, I got uh, a bunch of replies talking about uh, Darknet Diaries, yes, I'm very well aware of Darknet Diaries, I actually usually save that for when the kids are in the car, uh, which they will be for a big part of this journey because the kids, L's 9, is 12, both get in the car and they ask to listen to Darknet Diaries. And I couldn't be prouder of my kids for wanting to listen to Darknet Diaries. So I save that for them. So there was a lot of suggestions for that, a lot of suggestions for hardcore history as well. Now, if you haven't listened to hardcore history before, it is... It is hardcore listening, it's hard listening. It's extraordinarily well done, but every episode is like five hours or six hours. I did listen to a bunch of it about a year and a half ago when we did our massive Australia trip. We went all the way up to Cairns, then out to Uluru, and then down to the bottom of Australia, (laughs) down to Adelaide. And it was extraordinarily good, but I can only listen to about half an hour of it at a time. And then it's like, this is heavy listening. So I'm listening to the latest one at the moment. It's on the history of slavery, which is equal parts, absolutely atrocious, but absolutely fascinating. Uh, And I'm learning a lot listening to it, but maybe because it's a dark subject matter as well. It's like, okay, I've listened to half an hour of that. I need to listen to something a bit happier. (laughs) So I'm kind of rotating around. Now, one of the suggestions that came up, and I retweeted and asked how people felt about it, and I had a lot of support was to do one with Charlotte about the cultural difference. You know, she's Norwegian, she's here in Australia, seeing all this. I've spent a lot of time there and in other parts of the world. We both lived overseas a lot as kids and <laughs> as adults. You know, doing something along those lines. And there was a lot of support for that. So I'm thinking I might try and do it in, in a couple of weeks' time when when we'll be down in Tasmania. So still on our holiday but uh i just didn't have time to prepare anything for today but there seems to be support so we'll give that a go might be okay might suck i don't know but that's <laughs> you know who knows we'll just work it out george is here g'day george Thank you for joining Stephen. happy 300 thank you very much Stephen. so we drove to the hunter valley now for those of you from other parts of the world not familiar with it the hunter valley is kind of like it's a couple of hours north of sydney so it's obviously a lot easier than going all the way to Sydney one day one day Uh, it's also like the wine region of this part of the country we went to a really nice spot there that we have stayed in before and one of the things that's nice about it is it's you know everything out in like wine country is is picturesque and peaceful Uh, and this has got a nice restaurant on the same spot so we didn't have to sort of go too far and one of my memories of it was I had a lot of kangaroos now I didn't foresee my genius when I packed the drone. (laughs) You see where this is going before going to the place with all the kangaroos. But I learned you can get the drone really close to kangaroos before they lose their shit and hop away. And it was kind of funny because I I, I posted just a little bit of it. But I was doing all these shots where I was getting the drone really close, and I keep thinking, how close can I get? And what? i'm going to tell him because this is this is what happens uh on the live stream sometimes things happen live streaming call you back maybe get him to do it with me next week we're going to be with lars next week it's going to be all of us and lars and maybe we'll even do one with lars from the farm with the llamas so anyway where were we kangaroos and drones it turns out it's hilarious because you can get really really close before they kind of lose their shit and they pop up and they, they look really really curious something about kangaroos for those of you not from australia they always seem to like look over their shoulder at you like this and it looks hilarious so anyway i got some footage of that which seemed fun uh epic meal at this place i've had the best steak i've had in a very long time that is on the tweet thread yesterday morning we got up Drove uh, pretty much exactly four hours around Sydney. So we we skirted around there. We missed New Neil. <laughs> um, I saw the temperature, looked okay on the car. Went down to Kayama, had some uh, lunch with some friends there, which was great. Another four hours down to Marimbula, which is sort of on the south coast of New South Wales. Uh, nice little walk around there. Another really, really nice uh, nice dinner. It's a, a very seafoody place. It's had some beautiful food there. That's on the tweet thread. little walk around this morning, sunrise. All oh, very, very nice. Very peaceful. Drove to Melbourne where we are now. Now, this was sort of the, the reason this whole thing came about this trip is because we've got NDC Melbourne uh, only next week. Uh, and that's a, a massive thing for, for multiple reasons. First of all, NDC has been my, my favourite event since the very first time I went to NDC in Oslo in 2014. Uh, now, that was a, a, a massive thing, just to be able to go to the other side of the world and, you know, do the NDC things. That was big. Uh, without knowing it at the time, I met my future wife there. So that was, you know, now that things have unfolded the way that they have, that was a really, really major thing. But then, of course, we haven't seen anyone from NDC crew since... Uh, since london in feb 2020. so we'll get to see all these people again that that both charlotte and i have known for so long in in different capacities and it was in 2019 that we were looking for a venue to have ndc melbourne as well so uh it was it was a a very exciting time in 2019 because we're like oh cool we're going to have ndc melbourne i think we're planning to have ndc melbourne in 2020. of course that didn't happen at all but but we did find the venue when we were visiting here in 2019. uh, And it's that venue which they'll hold their inaugural NDC Melbourne in uh, just next week. So if you're in Melbourne or can get to Melbourne, next week will be two days of workshops, Monday, Tuesday. I won't be doing those. Three days of conference and I will be at those. So I will be doing uh, a talk, which I probably should finalise before then. Ari will be doing a coding for kids. And then there'll be a whole bunch of other festivities and things around that. Uh, so if you are around Melbourne, that would be really awesome for you to come along to. And then on Friday, we'll be heading out to Lars's farm. Uh, so Friday, this time a week from now, we might do something with Lars. I saw a comment here from uh, Stephen. I'm guessing that's Port Phillip Bay behind you. I actually hadn't paid too much attention. <laughs> the uh, I can see the... Um, Rod Arena, so I can see uh, the Yarra River going through there. Oh, that doesn't work when you look at it from that angle. <laughs> Over that way, and Port Phillip Bay, yes, actually would be there in the distance. So, Port Phillip Bay, again, for the foreigners, is sort of the bit right down the middle, of, or right down the bottom of Melbourne. Melbourne sits on the top, and there's a bay that goes like this. Now, during this trip, in fact, this time tomorrow, we're going to be right around on not on Port Phillip Bay, actually the other edge, on Phillip Island, uh, looking at the penguins. Now, if that sounds weird, just wait until you see the photos. <laughs> it's, it was a big thing when I was a kid, and I think my kids are going to enjoy it as well. Ilia is just a few kilometres from me, which means it's easy for you to get to NDC Melbourne <laughs> if you haven't got your tickets already. Uh, so we'll be doing that and then uh, and then going go-karting, which frankly I think might be more fun than the penguins, but kids will love the penguins and then going across port phillip bay on the ferry to go and have a look at some of the bits of the great ocean road and things again there'll be lots of that in the tweet thread you'll see those i think it'll be uh it's it's not look it's it's winter in melbourne it's not an exotic far north queensland holiday but it's going to be nice in all sorts of other ways so where were we on my list of things here oh there's another one this will make absolutely no sense if you're not from australia such as uh it making no sense to charlotte just now but for other people it will seem cool get to the hotel, got out of the car and they come up and they take your bags and there's a guy with a mask and I was like, it was a guest obviously. I'm like, shit, this is, that guy looks familiar. It's Jimmy Barnes. So I came near Jimmy Barnes today. For those of you not from Australia, he, I, the way I explained to Australia, to Australia, the way I explained to Charlotte is I said, I, th- I think Jimmy Barnes is probably the most famous Australian singer never to be famous outside of Australia. Is that a fair characterization for the for the Aussies? So. so anyway, we came upstairs and played some Jimmy Barnes because I love a bit of Jimmy Barnes and it is something which is not very well known outside of Australia, but he is massive here. And I was saying to Charlotte, it's like, I have these like tiny, tiny, tiny brushes of, of stardom where if I go to an event like NDC where everyone is a geek and they live in our industry, they know... Usually know who I am and there's some photos and some things like that and it's really nice. And then you leave and it's just everything is back to normal for however long it is until you go to an event like this again. I don't think Jimmy Barnes could go anywhere when his whole face is covered. I don't think he could go anywhere here without being recognised by probably every second person on the street. So massive, massive, massive start. It was kind of fun. He seemed nice. He seemed happy. Steven says, I love Philip Island. Always was a great trip to see the penguins. We always took Japanese exchange students there to see them. Yeah, look, it's, it's a massive tourist thing. I don't know how many um, international visitors there'll be there at the moment. It's ramping up again. But um, for those of you in other parts of the world, I feel like I kept prefacing everything with this. The thing about Phillip Island and the penguins and my memory from childhood and what still seems to be the case is every night the penguins come up out of the water and onto the beach and they're fairy penguins. They're little fellas about yay big. Very, very cute. And they come up onto the beach and they kinda of waddle along and they go to their burrows or whatever penguins do once they come up the beach. And you just watch the penguins. And you know, now there's like platforms and lights and viewing stuff and everything everywhere. And it's 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 just it is what phillip Island is known for. That and the racetrack. <laughs> so so the fact we're gonna get both in okay, it's only the go-kart track, but the fact we get both in, I feel, uh, is catering to everyone's desires. Now, uh, on other things. What else is coming up? Uh, data breaches. So let's talk about some Infosec stuff. I did load a new breach this week. Let me actually pop up the details of that one before I head it out. The DivX data breach. Um, what are the details of that? That was an old one. It was a very old one. I've spent a, I spent ai think I mentioned last week, I spent a lot of time in recent weeks in general, not just the previous week, but this week as well, uh, rewriting old crappy code, how <laughs> I've been punned, not to do anything new, just to literally fix things that weren't working well, and a, a lot of this was around the API management piece. So uh, back in, uh, I think I launched it in August two thousand nineteen. I think I gave you a spiel last week, but just to recap briefly, August twenty eight, uh, two thousand nineteen. I wrote uh, an API management piece for Have I Been Pwned so that uh, Azure API management could wrap around the public API so that I could rate limit it and then use Stripe to take a nominal payment, $3.50 for a month, to make sure that people weren't going to abuse it anywhere near like they were before. And it stopped the abuse absolute dead. Uh, in, in all honesty, the I would say the abuse, let's not say absolute, I'd say it reduced by 99%. And there are one or two little edge cases where I still see very, very very minor things sneaking through, which, of course, I'm not going to explain. But it did a wonderful job because it turns out that if people want to abuse your API or use it to enumerate people and then do bad things to them, they normally don't like to give you a credit card. I don't know. Surprise, surprise. So that worked really well. Uh, But all of the code that I wrote for that was sitting there with my laptop in an Airbnb in Oslo in an enormously stressful period of my life for very many reasons, and it was uh, suboptimal, as they say, suboptimal code. So that had bugs, lots of bugs, uh, and I have been ironing out the bugs just to, just to get me to an even keel where things just work consistently the way I want them to. Uh, Now, I did actually push out a lot of code last week to do that, and I did it very silently. I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want a bunch of people sort of all coming along and suddenly going, okay, well, this is broken or that doesn't work, whatever else. I thought I'll push it out, and I've just been like watching App Insights logs and watching Stripe logs and whatever other logs and things I can come across like a hawk and fingers crossed all seems to be okay. Anyway, back to data breaches. DivX, the now defunct website DivX Subtitles. So just to be clear, this is not DivX the Codex. It is a codec, isn't it? Don't hear about DivX much anymore. DivX subtitles. So a website that would uh, inevitably allow people to upload subtitles for movies that were DivX encoded. You'd imagine subtitles wouldn't be linked to the... Anyway. Had 783,000 user accounts breached in approximately 2010. Now this was a very, very old breach. And... There is a backlog of old breaches that I'm sitting on. There's also a lot of old breaches that I just haven't been sent yet. There's also old breaches that take ages to appear. makes you think of MySpace. MySpace took... Well, we know that LinkedIn and Dropbox were breached in 2012 and then didn't appear until 2016. But we also know that there are things like uh, um, uh, MySpace... Still not exactly sure when that breach happened. I think it surfaced in 2018. No, sorry, 2016. But it happened in something like 200 and a number. Still not exactly sure. Couldn't date it. This took a while to appear. Data included usernames, email addresses, and plain text passwords. Good on those guys. Uh, 98% were already in Have I Been Pwned. Uh, Now, I believe that that hit rate is so high. 98% is massively high. I believe it is so high because that list then fed into other aggregation lists, which I then built into Have I Been Pwned? Obviously not 100%. I don't quite know why that is. Someone might have parsed out some of the email addresses a bit differently when they made the aggregation list. But as as it may, another three-quarters of a million uh, accounts in Have I Been Pwned? Now, that's pretty much the bulk of what I had on my list today. So... um, if anyone has any any questions or other things that they would like to talk about in cyberspace or Aussie tourism or penguins, let me know. Uh, I was just thinking, flicking back through some of the other things I covered here, just in general tech, while we see if, if other people have other comments or things. Um, oh, jeez. Rob says book update. That has been a layer of love. Uh, in progress. Let me put it like this, Rob. Every day that passes is a day closer to the day that it will launch. I hope so. Uh, it, I did rewrite a bunch of it after we put the preview out. I completely rewrote all of the intro and I went back and I, I rewrote uh, a bunch of the epilogues for the blog post as well. Rob has been reviewing that because every time I go through and write stuff in Microsoft Word, it then has to sort of flow through into what will ultimately be this PDF ebook sort of format that Rob Connery has worked out. There's stuff in there written by me, stuff in there written by Charlotte, stuff in there written by other people as well. And just tying all of that together has been a huge amount of moving parts. Uh, so I, I know I keep saying we're closer, but but we are. <laughs> I just still don't know what date we're closer to. Now, uh, other things that were here on the list. I had this up. Yeah, this was a weird one. This sort of popped up in my, my Google... Um, Google alerts, so I get alerts for my name, for have I been pwned, Uh, and every day there's a whole bunch of things that pop up, and sometimes it's literally someone called Troy Hunt who's been arrested somewhere in the U.S. for doing something (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Other times there's like there's a go kart driver in Australia called Troy Hunt, which gets really confusing because especially when I was doing a lot more motorsport stuff, it would get very entwined. Uh, But have I been pwned doesn't normally get confused with anything else. And I saw this headline today in my alerts. It says, a bad guy have I been pwned, in quotes. Ransomware group discloses victim data after hotel breach. And basically, this was about some ransomware crew which has gone through, uh, owned a hotel group, and then dumped all the data in an online searchable portal. And I thought, is it a compliment that they say bad bad guy have i been pwned? like does that sort of mean like have i been pwned is the canonical data breach search thing and then there are like good have i been pwns and bad have i been it yeah maybe maybe not too bad incidentally if you do come to ndc melbourne i have got a heap of 3d printed have i been pwn logos and a heap of stickers which i will be giving away as well uh other things that happened this week in data breach land Survival servers, survival servers got popped. Someone has sent me the data breach notification of them. June 4, we became aware one of our database backup files from January 2022 was exposed due to a public policy rule for Amazon Web Services. Member usernames, email addresses, some phone numbers for accounts before June 2018. IP addresses, backup zip files contain game server save data. Now, one of these, I don't think it was this one, there's a different notice I tweeted this week had a real weird contradictory thing about password hashing. I'll see if I can find that again. Oh, this is what happened this week as well. I got my Ubiquiti G4 PTZ camera up, and it is freaking amazing. Uh, There's a big tweet thread on there. In fact, I'm going to see. Can I control that from my iPad? Yeah. Big tweet thread on there. The Cliff Notes, if you like, for the PTZ, is that the hardware is amazing. Uh, it is a beautifully built device, very solid, very heavy. I did actually show it physically in one of my previous videos. Um, so that that is super, super cool. The zoom on it is just off the charts nuts. I'm just loading it up now on my iPad so I can have a play with it remotely because I haven't done a lot of it remotely. If I click the little little pan, tilt, zoom thing here, I can start to move it around. Kind of interested in the responsiveness. Now, the problem is I'm on hotel Wi-Fi. I've got no idea how good or bad that is yet. I've actually put the phone on 5G just to be safe. So this stream has stable connectivity. But anyway, I'll figure out the connectivity on this a little bit later on. Where I think the gap or the missed opportunity is, is you've got this $3,000 plus Aussie dollar. Camera—it's a lot of money. It's obviously all gone into the hardware. Uh, super, super cool. The pan, the z- z- uh, pan, the tilt, and the zoom—all work beautifully. So you've got something that can move around. It can move 360 degrees as well. You can just look at the wall if that's what you want to do. Uh, all of that is fantastic, but the software—I feel—for now—and this is software, so it can change. But for now, is a missed opportunity. So I'll give you a good example. It has all of this AI, detect humans, detect cars, Uh, can detect boats as well, I learned through obvious ways. Oh no, am I thinking of, no, the drone, the DJI drone knows a person from a car from a boat. The camera here, the ubiquity camera knows a person from a car. Now, if it can detect a person and then as it's filming, so this is not just the PTZ, this is the more mainstream G4 Pros, things like those, or the doorbell. So they're obviously fixed. And as the person walks along, it's got a green box around the person, following the person. Surely it's not a big leap to be able to get the camera to stay focused on the person and follow the person. When I say focused, I mean actually pan and tilt, and if necessary, zoom, whatever else. That seems really, really cool. Or the way I saw someone mention it, one of the ubiquity forums they said, what about a patrol feature? where it just continued to sweep. And you could inevitably choose a start point and end point and maybe how fast it goes. That would be really, really cool. One thing they do have coming that is apparently in uh, an early access version at the moment, but we are yet to see it in the full release is the ability to return to uh, a particular point. So if you wanna be able to say, look, let's have preset points. So I'm looking at mine now. One preset point might be looking dead straight ahead. It's sort of the most wide field of view, but I might want to have one that looks up one way of the street, the other up the other way of the street, and then I can just press a button and it returns to that point straight away. Good start, but again, lost opportunity. I just think there's so much more you could do with these cameras. So that was a lot of this week, playing around (laughs) just with that camera. The zoom is off the charts. Uh, I've got a, a photo in here where I've got the full zoomed out version, there's a house across the road with a for sale sign on it. And then you zoom in on the for sale sign and the zoom goes so far, 22 times optical zoom, the zoom goes so far that the word auction is actually larger than the the screen. It it just absolutely smashes it out. So um, go and check that out. Uh, Another thing actually, I I put in the tweet thread and I think I might just about wrap it up here before we go and, and have some nice beers. Uh, I retweeted uh, an account called Psychological Services. Now, this is the, I think it's the psych department at the University of Melbourne. And I did a podcast with them recently around uh, understanding big data in terms of predicting human psychology. Uh, Now, I could only do the data bits, obviously. They had someone else on there who is actually a proper psychologist, smart person who can understand the psychology component of it. But I had a brief listen to that podcast and I thought it came up uh, really, really well. So go and check that out. Question from Rob. What's the oldest tech you have and still use? You, you know, the, the oldest thing I have and still use, I don't know if we call it tech, is some speakers I bought when I first moved out of home. It must be 1997. Uh, from an Aussie company called Cricks. They make them down in South Australia, but really big. Speakers, I spent way too much money buying because I was young (laughs) and I finally had some money and I blew it. Uh, I still use those and I recently got them refurbished. They got all painted in a nice black, they look awesome. They got some of the drivers replaced. I think, in terms of, of proper tech, like you know, iPads and things like that, I do cycle tech a lot because first of all, tech obsoletes itself very quickly. Second of all, it's (laughs) tax-deductible if I use it for the things that I use it for. I have a feeling it might be this P50, this Lenovo P50 that I'm holding here. Now, there's a bit of a story here I don't think I've told. Um, Lenovo gives me equipment, which I have disclosed. They don't give me all the equipment. I buy a bunch of the equipment as well. I bought my desktop, I bought Charlotte's laptop, but they do give me a bunch of stuff and they gave me this P50 It must be about, I have a feeling it was about 2016, six years ago, and I used it really, really extensively. Uh, All the stickers on the back of it give a bit of a clue as to the various things that I was really into at the time. Some of these things are not really that relevant anymore. And then they sent me a P1. It must be about three or four years ago. Now the P1 only very recently died. And when I say died, it's like proper died. I did take it along to Lenovo Repairs. And it just, it started, uh, screen started glitching, video would lock up, and then it just didn't want to boot. It's like, ah, this feels very, very motherboard sort of thing. And they went, yeah, you've fried, I think they said they fried um, the onboard GPU. And they're like, look, you just, just bin it. So I took out all the RAM and all the SSDs. Before I took it to them, I took out the SSDs. Um, then just took out the RAM as well, and, and literally it's it's gone. Uh, but I have rolled back to the P50, and the only downside at all is it doesn't have TPM2, so it can't run Windows 11, but it is running Windows 10 as beautifully as it always has, and it's absolutely glitch-free. It's a larger form factor than the P1, it is a chunky machine, and I almost wonder if that's why. It's it's not not quite as like jam all the things in as what the P1 was. So, Robert, I would say that that is the oldest tech that I use on a, on a regular basis, and obviously I'm using it very extensively now because it is my travel machine as of now. All right, folks, I'm going to wrap it up there and go get those beers. Uh, I will be back in a week. It will be at the end of the day again in a week uh, over at Lars's. We're going to get out of uh, Melbourne and out of NDC probably sometime Friday morning. If you do come to the event, come say hi, get some of those 3D-printed stickers, uh, and if you have kids, do bring them along to Ari's coding for kids session ah oh, one more question how come you ain't using new mac hardware uh because macs drive me absolutely nuts i let me let me hold that over to next week i'm a pc person and an iphone and an ipad and an apple watch person i just don't gel with macs see you later folks on that note G, i'm gonna get hate mail for that send it to my uh, send it to my twitter <laughs> we can talk about it next week